0: I follow so many people who live in England, and they're all just living their lives. They're going to patio season. I mean, they're taking advantage of patio season. That one famous street, like Oxford Street, packed. It's because so many people are vaccinated, so they're just, like, living their lives again. They get to travel soon. I don't know. I'm super envious. We're, like, no end in sight. <laughs> I know. We're stuck in another... We're in here for another four weeks. Ugh. No one else... I mean, other than... Yeah, like the US is out practically. Just can't try
1: trying to find a new apartment in a pandemic. It's great. Yeah, it sucks.
0: <laughs> hey, I did that. I It's moved. true, you moved it
1: at the beginning and I'm gonna move at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we bookended this pandemic. Let's just... I know Jack and I were talking about that the other day. We're like do you think we're gonna have to help them move?
1: <laughs> we're gonna hire movers this time, don't worry. <laughs> you are? For like after thirty, you have to hire
0: movers. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like movers just break your stuff a lot.
1: Can you be an interior designer for me?
0: Yeah, I'd love to.
1: Cause our new apartment is like modern, different vibe.
0: No, but this is a, this is a cardinal mistake. You you don't buy furniture for your apartment. You buy furniture for your vibe. It's em- It's essentially an alt- like a an empty space, and you fill it with your personality. Don't don't be constrained by your apartment.
1: No, it's no. we don't want to get super modern, but I, I just don't feel like I want a chocolate brown couch in that place.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. All right, let's get started.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Lindsay. And Tamara. And you're listening to Take Me to Chelsea, a podcast where two Canadians rewatch and discuss the hit UK reality show Made in Chelsea. Today, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Take Your Passion, Make It Happen, which originally aired on June 6, 2011.
0: Okay, a lot happens in this episode, so buckle up. Francis and Fred both go on dates this week, but back at the office, news of Fred's date with Agni reaches Francis and he noticeably cools towards his new intern. Hugo laments his circumstances to a sympathetic Spencer, and surprise, surprise, being torn between two women is not as much fun as it sounds. Ultimately, he decides to end things with Millie and admit he has feelings for Rosie but Rosie's not down for being sloppy seconds. Meanwhile, our Kagi-Spencer-Funda love triangle becomes a love square when we're introduced to, drumroll please, Louise Thompson. Although Funda initially brushes off Louise's warnings about Spencer and Kagi, her relationship with Spencer is clearly at its breaking point. Last but not least, we continue to see the fallout from Ollie and Gabby's breakup and the stress it's putting on Gabby's friendship with the girls.
1: So let's pop the champagne. Okay, so first of all, I need to issue a
0: retraction of my opinion from last week. It's very obvious from this episode that Millie does know that Rosie is into Hugo, and she just doesn't seem to care that much. I mean, I have to say that I think she's still the type of person that, that cares about her friends, and she wants her friends to be happy- but she needed something more from Rosie to actually stop with what she was doing with Hugo.
1: Yeah, I think this one, I don't know, this whole triangle in this episode felt really weird to me. We barely have seen Hugo and Rosie interact, and now it's like full on, everybody's like, oh, Hugo likes Rosie, and Rosie knows it, and Hugo knows it, and Keggy, everyone knows it, but it's like, where did this come from? And then if everyone knows it, Millie knows it, and she's full-on continuing to pursue Hugo, so it just makes me wonder what the motivations are, because she seems to actually really like Hugo, so I don't think she's doing it just for the show. I just wonder, like, where, I think there's like, a huge gulf that we missed. Like, do you, did you feel that way too, watching this? It was just like... Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what happened between this and the last, where it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, of course Millie likes, or Hugo likes Rosie, it's like... Was that so? (laughs) Like, I did not see that happen.
0: I'm on the same page as you. I don't think it was a very natural narrative. I think something happened, or potentially this love triangle predated the series, and they just sort of, you know, tapped into it midway through. And so everyone who knows about it already knows about it. They didn't need to necessarily show the progression, but I'm, I'm not really sure what happened, to be
1: honest. Yeah, because I feel like that scene with Rosie and Hugo in the library at the end could have or should have been way more emotive than it was, but because we weren't really with them on that journey, it just started basically last episode. And we, You mean emotive for, like, the audience? Yeah, for everybody involved. That, that was, like, a pretty big dramatic moment. It, it should have been, but we weren't invested. I think this speaks to kind of... The
0: whole M.I.C. first series though we have these huge moments that are happening right away and it's really attractive to an audience but because we don't know the characters well enough we're, we're not emotionally with them yet so it doesn't have that it doesn't carry that same weight and the same reason we weren't getting choked up about Gabby and Ollie breaking up. I mean that was obviously heartbreaking for them but I yeah I, I just I think it's probably the tone of the whole show and 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 where we're brought in like all of these dynamics are in full-fledged form by the time we get there so yeah there's not the same kind of emotional weight
1: true but there is for example like we'll talk about in a bit but like the weight at the food and spencer at the end it's way more felt because they spent time on it Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's a good point now we're just like i really just didn't feel this as a thing Are you saying for Millie or for Rosie? Because with Rosie, she was so
0: guarded with her emotions the whole time. I'm not surprised we weren't there with her when she turned down Hugo. I had honestly watching, I had no idea what her true feelings were. Did she like him or was she just, I mean, part of me just thought she just didn't want to be sloppy seconds. Like she was no longer entertaining the idea of Hugo because she was second choice ostensibly.
1: Yeah, she didn't seem super invested and it was more like her cliché reasons for not wanting to do it. We were just like, "Oh, I'm so busy, I have things going on" or I
0: know she pulled out all the excuses, yeah. like every excuse in the book, like I'm busy, I need to focus on me, I've got exams. Yeah, <laughs> like... but if you have any like spark towards a person, like you you'd, you'd yeah. never say that. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be an excuse. Um I did feel bad for Millie, though. You know I what, what what I thought about when I was watching that part of it when we see Hugo end things with Millie prematurely is how much of it was put in after, clearly edited, because this sort of in real life a conversation like that wouldn't be, I'm actually interested in Rosie, so I'm not gonna see I'm not gonna see you anymore. Like that's not how that conversation clearly unfolded. We see Hugo the only time we actually see him like actually speaking and his lips moving. In, in line with what's going on in that scene, he just says, I think we're, you know, let's keep going the way we are. We're better as friends. But he doesn't even say something like that.
1: I know, I was thinking when he said that, oh, keep going the way they are. Okay, so, like, have, like, mad sexual tension and make out. But I, yeah. No, but I think he was saying, oh, we've been
0: friends for so long. We've had this chemistry for so long. Let's keep things going the way they are. And then they put in the rest of it, which was Hugo saying... You know, I'm into Rosie. I don't think that happened at all. I don't think that, but that just speaks to kind of how real life is. We don't have, we dance around these topics. No one wants to like forcefully reject someone. So they just say something like that and hope that cushions the effect, but hopefully gets their message across as well. I thought it was interesting because it's, it's a, you know, a staple of a reality TV show.
1: They don't show everything and they kind of add in those obvious points later. Okay, so even if there's some maybe orchestration or editing after the fact, there are still, the fact still remains that we have a bunch of scenes of Hugo brushing off Millie or her feelings or her worth as a girlfriend with his friends. Because we have the scene early on with Francis and Spencer where it's kind of like brutally honest really rough what we're we've, we've been saying before how he uses millie for like sexual release or the flirty banter the excitement she's not girlfriend material essentially yeah it's like is she like a sex object to you like is she your friend and a se- sex object to you and that's like how you want to like portray her <laughs> i i think because hugo's
0: had this chemistry with millie for so long he's never really entertained the idea that this could be serious so I think he sees her yeah as kind of like a fun flirt but nothing nothing with a future whereas with Rosie I feel like there's they're just considered to be more on the same level whereas Millie is very flirtatious and fun but I don't know that she's in Hugo's perspective future girlfriend
1: yeah and that's what pisses me off though because I just really don't like how he kind of treats Millie. And I don't think you would treat a friend that way or speak about your friend that way. And they're diminishing her and they're just uh, diminishing her to like a sexual object in a way. No, I 100% agree.
0: And I think this has to do with their age a little bit. Because yeah, they're friends, but they're not friends in the same way that Kaggy and Hugo are. Kagi and Hugo are clearly actual mates there's a respect there whereas Millie they're friends I'm doing air quotes right now I don't think they're like I don't think there's a genuine friendship there I think that Kagi and Hugo are mates and Millie's really good friends with Kagi and so there's a group friendship but there's no real one-on-one friendship there
1: Alright, so on the topic of love triangles, what do you think of Agni, Francis, and Rebecca? And Fred. Oh, yes. So maybe another love square.
0: Honestly, I don't really want to talk about these people. I find like this is the most boring storyline of the entire series so far. We're trying to find Francis' love, and he's, I don't know, it went from Kaggy and now, then it was Agni, and now it's Rebecca, I did like when he skateboarded into the restaurant and bailed. That was iconic. <laughs> Francis is upset that Agni and Fred went on a date because when Agnes, why do I keep calling her Agnes? I don't know. Agni gets back to the office and he's like picking up diamonds and she's just trying to joke with him about, oh, do you think this one looks good? And he's just he just shuts her down. It's, I don't know. I just, ugh, it's really hard to get on board with these with these two or with this situation it's just not really that much fun to watch
1: no and if they're trying to make a you know interesting love triangle between fred francis and her it's just not working like there's no chemistry between her and fred the date was pretty awful more of this kind of like misogyny weirdness with Agni, and she's you know not innocent she's playing into it fred said something and she said i like when a man like like, implying, like, tells her what to do.
0: Yes! I hate that. And, you know, I've met women who have said the same thing to me, and I've never understood it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong. Everyone's turned on by what they're turned on by. That's totally fine. But it is interesting, this this line. I mean, I know that you and I were sort of raised with this, you know, ultra-feminism. You don't want to be in a position where a
1: guy's telling you anything. No. But I, I found this super cringy. It continues a bit with the Francis situation where she's kind of implying with her comments that she's waiting for a man to put a ring, a big diamond on her finger. Like, she's waiting for that. Hold on, though. If you had, like,
0: ten beautiful diamonds in front of you, you're saying that you wouldn't, like, hold it up to your finger and be like, this would be nice. Like,
1: oh, it's implying that, like, she wants that
0: from him or a man. I think she was joking. I honestly think that she was, I think she's kind of told to flirt with him. And he's aware that she's told to flirt with him. And I think he's trying to, like, kind of... Because I he's obviously attracted to her. But I think he's not down to playing the game set by the producers. And he wants to play it himself. I'm starting to guess that that's why it's so jarring sometimes, where he kind of flips on her. But I think she was joking with the whole Diamond thing.
1: Hmm. I just don't... Even if she is, again, like, with this whole storyline... It's just not worth our time.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Especially when you've
0: got like Kagi and Louise and Millie and Hugo. And this just seems like such a C plot. It's not even a B plot. It's a C Yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Like let's get to the drama. Okay. In this episode, we are introduced to Louise, which is huge because this is a character who's with us basically the entirety of the series as a whole. She, I mean, she's no longer in the in it now, in season 21, but she's there a chunk of the time.
1: Yeah, I forgot she was in the first season,
0: actually. So early, too. I mean, I knew she was in the first season, because I remember her with
1: Funda, but to have her in episode 5, like, that's that's that seems early to me. She looks so young. Like, she looks amazing now, obviously, too, but it's not... It's just, like, her baby face. I found... Yeah, so interesting dynamic
0: because she's obviously still somewhat taken with Spencer and I'm not saying actively liking him but when he walks in the room she's kind of giggly whereas with Funda she's kind of cold and really giving her warnings but I didn't think it was it didn't come off as like girl to girl warning like blah blah it kind of seemed territorial like I've been there this is this has been my man as well, and this is what I face. like the
1: same thing that I went through, you're going to go through, like you're not special. Yeah,
0: exactly, even though you live with him.
1: Kind of a weird
0: dynamic. And then also a little tidbit that came out was that Kagi and Spencer have apparently kissed at some point.
1: Yeah, when did that happen?
0: Interesting wording by Spencer though, because he talks about it to, to Funda and is like, I definitely don't recall kissing Kagi," But like... This is your ultimate crush for years and years. You remember kissing her. I don't care. Like, you remember. Even if you're drunk, you would remember. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Funda because I think she's still trying. After all of Spencer's BS and all the crap he's put her through, she's still making an effort to hang out with his friends. Still trying to kind of handle the situation and come out the other side. But she just keeps getting knocked down.
1: Yeah, so Funda, again, like she has displayed previously is just a very you know lovely friendly person being thrown into this uncomfortable situation and I found especially the scene where the three women are hanging out at the bar and Spencer walks in like so staged like they're just standing there awkwardly waiting for him to arrive and it's like none of them are talking really <laughs> No, they were not all. Keggy was just like looking uncomfortable, just like waiting for him to get there so they could just like do the scene or whatever. But in terms of like intimidation,
0: like Louise seems slightly intimidated by Spencer, even Funda, but Kaggy is so chill. Like, she's she's not even on their level. hmm Or they're not on her level. Mm-hmm. So ultimately this is no longer a feasible situation. Like they both feel it, even though we don't really see it on camera too much. Clearly, like, Funda is at her limit. Spencer's clearly somehow at his limit, even though a moment ago he was declaring, like, I still have so much respect for my girlfriend. And then he goes home and breaks up with her.
1: Yeah, like, the funny thing is, is when he was talking to Hugo about Funda, he was saying such lovely things about how wonderful she is. In... person, yeah. Yeah, and he makes, her. she makes him better, and Keggy's, like, someone he likes to have fun with. And it's like, this was a year-long relationship, mm-hmm. right? This was like, they lived together. Because he had a few minutes of fame on the show. No, but not, he, he wouldn't even have had that at this point. This is the very first season, so
0: it wouldn't have been released yet. So there would have been no fame. I guess like the thought of fame
1: because he knew he was on TV.
0: Yeah, I think, I think when he was talking about how nice Funda was, he was trying to justify it to himself why he should stay with her. But he realized ultimately it wasn't working. You know, I had such a moment when I was watching Funda at home. It's like, they, I get, you can just understand why it didn't work because you've got Spencer who wants to go out and party all the time and flirt and be Spencer. And then you have Funda at home, like, chilling with a candle as, like, 28-year-olds do. Like, she's 27, 28. Like, love me a good candle. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, like, that's what I want to do, too, on, like, a Saturday night. I don't want to go out and get smashed with my friends as much anymore.
1: Yeah, and she was like, "Have fun with your friends." I'll see. Like she wasn't, you know, holding it against him or trying to stop him like some more immature people would do. She's yeah. like, "You do your thing. I'm independent. I'm comfortable enough with our relationship like I'll do my thing and we'll go home together." But I so
0: okay. So do you think this is actually when they broke up? Because I saw Funda like crying and I it felt real to me, but at the same time
1: is it wh- isn't it more emotional than that it felt like and this is again total projection but it felt like she yeah it felt like it wasn't a surprise but she was obviously very upset but she was trying to like hold back yeah keep it together hold back her like emotions because i think she was aware she was on camera all right we can't forget her favorite social outcasts uh ollie <laughs> Jessica, and binky <laughs> her favorite social outcasts well they're never a part of the club <laughs> I know,
0: this is weird, right? I, I wonder what the intention was behind this. Like, why didn't they just limit it to the one social scene?
1: Well, they don't have enough material, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but Francis isn't that part of it either.
0: But you're right, Ollie and Binky and Cheska's is always like kind of an afterthought at this point, even though they're really fun. I mean, I, I love watching them, so.
1: Yeah, although this was probably a weak point. For me with them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the whole binky between Ollie and Gabby thing didn't really work. It just felt yeah. very fake.
0: Especially because the first couple of episodes. You see Ollie and... Ch- or sorry, Cheska and Binky is friends with Ollie. And then Ollie's with Gabby. But you don't really see the three women hanging out a lot. It's just... Like they're, they all hang out together. So yeah, I'm not... I wasn't really convinced by binky being torn between ollie and gabby
1: so the the first episode or two it's like yeah the girls didn't really know gabby very well gabby calling binky like oh what are you up to who are you with it was so forced and then ollie asking oh who was that and binky saying oh no one like obviously ollie knew who it was or binky would have told him binky was doing her best acting that but it just didn't work yeah yeah I'm really happy
0: for Ollie in this moment though because I liked when she said oh should we go hit up some boys and you know he's taking the time to figure out whatever is going on with him and I like this moment for him where he's just having fun fun with his friends and he's not stressed about relationships and he's not stressed about Gabby and it's this kind of like break before it all kind of goes to hell. Can we can we? take a moment in this episode to talk about the nicknames because i've had this on my list of things i want to talk about on this podcast and we haven't addressed it yet we've just been like speaking about binky and kaggy and cheska and agni and all these like okay from canada you would never hear these types of names like kaggy is the weirdest name i've ever heard for katherine yeah, no, I, and we know that, but do you remember when we first started watching this, we're like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Like, what What is this? It's so British and, like, binky. Like, that's not a
1: name that you hear here at all. Yeah, it's weird. I'm so used to it now because we've watching been watching this show for so long. But, yeah, I think we were talking about, like, a friend of ours, you know, having a baby and then names, and we were just thinking, like, it's just, like, would it just completely not fit to have a name like that in can not to say you couldn't have a name like that it just doesn't fit no it doesn't at all
0: but can you imagine like i had a child and i named my child binky like you would be you'd be like what (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like this is this is not uncommon this is very common for the uk and for our uk listeners this is not common in canada we just name all of our children like Olivia and Sophie and Sarah and Mike. Like, that's, like you basically have like five names to choose from, and if you choose anything weirder, then you're gonna I don't know run into trouble. Okay, Lens. What was your favorite moment?
1: Yeah, my favorite moment was probably the yoga meditation scene. It makes me laugh every time. Cheska's oh, yeah, little speech about Gaby. <laughs> <laughs> and we were left with you <laughs> yeah we were left with you like god damn it all you <laughs> left with your cast offs <laughs> such a good moment what about you tam what was your favorite moment okay my
0: favorite part of this episode was when they were having a super serious conversation as kaggy hugo and spencer and all of a sudden they start going off about how amazing pugs are. Like, they're like I want to get a pug. I really want to get a black pug. And like, I love pugs. And it's just, I love, like, it's the same kind of ideas you're seeing with, or your favorite scene this episode. And that's like something I love so much about this show every single time I watch it is these just genuinely funny moments that are really human and they're not put together. Yeah, that's my favorite. So Linz, what are we listening to this week?
1: Yeah, so nothing too exciting this week, but we do have a couple of tracks by Phoenix. I remember hearing them. I was like, oh, yeah. Wasn't that an MGMT song in there as well? I don't think there's MGMT in this episode. They, they all sound the same. Those early, or 10s, I don't know what you call that decade. Early 2010s, those indie rock bands back then, you know, they all kind of sound the same, but we, I mean, we liked them. We loved them. (laughs) Hard to (laughs) differentiate. All right, guys, that
0: is it for episode five. Next week, we are obviously going to Cannes, France, with Spencer, Hugo, Millie, and Kagi, and I'm super curious to watch the rest of that episode because all I remember from this next episode is them being on con and being on a yacht and and looking
1: amazing and tan and beautiful. (laughs) I know that's
0: literally all I think of is how great they looked on this yacht. I'm like that life goal is right there. (laughs) As always we want to hear what you think. Leave us a comment on our Instagram. Do you think Hugo made the right decision? choosing Rosie over Millie. Do you think we're being too harsh about Agni and Francis? Are you living for this storyline or are you as bored of it as we are? Until next time!